What's going on? It's Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Diego and Alistair of the duo Deep Al Brindle over Zoom video. Both Diego and Alistair grew up in the Los Angeles area, and they talk about how they got into music. Alistair was a big fan of music and skateboarding and got into drums in his teenage years. Diego started playing guitar around 13, 14 years old and ended up playing guitar in his church, in his church's gospel band. They both met, actually, um, in a pretty interesting way. Alistair had a gig running production and sound for a festival, and his wife ended up going into labor that weekend, so they needed somebody to fill his spot, and Diego was the person to fill his spot, and that was the first time they met. They really started hanging out a couple of years later and started writing music together around that same time as well. And that's kind of how they formed Deep All Brindle. They talked about writing and releasing their first music, getting signed to Tooth & Nail Records, and all about their brand new EP, which is called Late Night, Early Morning. You can watch our interview with Alistair and Diego on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, we'd love it if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Deep Al Brindle. I appreciate you both doing this. I'm Adam. Nice to meet you, Adam. Thanks for Thanks having us. Of course. Um, so this podcast is about the both of you. I want to find out how you you all met and uh we'll talk about new music and how you got to where you are now right awesome cool well uh, let's start with you diego where were you born and raised i was born in i don't know where you're located i'm from san diego originally i'm in nashville now but right on. i'm from I, southern california i grew up in san fernando valley so in the valley oh. in california half of my life there and then i moved up here to we call it DAV, but it's Lancaster, um, Palmdale area. Oh, okay. Maybe 15. So I've been, I've been here since. So half my life in the Valley and half my life here. Very cool. Uh, what about you, Alistair? Are you from California as well? Same. I, I, I was born in Tarzana, California and, okay. um, spent up until like, I don't know, seven or eight. I was in LA. And then after the, the Rodney King riots, my, yeah. my mom moved us up to Lancaster. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right on. What about a musical household? Do you come from a musical household, Alistair? Uh, not so much. Um, my musical history was just like hanging out with friends. Um, if I wasn't skateboarding, I was playing music with friends. And that's where I spent a majority of like all my hangout time with, with either my skateboarding friends or, and musician friends. Rad. Yeah. I grew up skateboarding too. That's where I got actually a lot of uh, the music I listened to came out of those old skateboarding videos. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that you, if you had that same experience, but like remember watching 
you know, old like girl videos or the, mm -hmm. the zero videos and stuff and being like, oh man, who's this? And look it up and be like Iron Maiden or something. You know, discovering some of these bands just via the whatever song the skater chose for their part. Yeah. Yeah. That. And uh, also like, you know, I found out about Gangstar through like snowboarding videos and, oh, sure. you know, Tony Hawk, the pro skater video oh, yeah. game and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So, Tony Hawk for sure. <laughs> yeah, they had. He always had a great soundtrack, huh? Um, yeah. So, okay, what about you, Diego? Do you come from a musical household? No, same. Um, parents were very musical, and and actually didn't expose me to a lot of music growing up. They they just didn't listen to a ton of music, so a lot of that came in my teenage years, um, either just through friends or just kind of doing research on my own and kind of developing my own taste in music. So that, that came towards the teenagers of my life. Okay. What about an instrument? Did you, um, I started playing guitar or maybe bass and, and all of it was self-taught. So I, I learned guitar first and then a little bit of keyboard and yeah. So just kind wow. of on my own. How old are you when you started learning guitar? probably around 14 15 and and that was kind of because of the lack of things to do here in the av at least in my experience it was either play sports in high school which sort of appealed to me but i probably wasn't big or tall enough to play sports um so i just kind of you know shifted the attention to music so yeah, I'm grateful for I, I didn't like the AV for a long time, but I think that's what helped me get into music was the lack of things to do. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Alistair? What was the first instrument you learned and how old were you? Uh, you know, I remember taking violin lessons at an early age, um, third, fourth grade. Didn't really like it. My teacher, she was super mean. And oh, kind of ruined good. the experience and like learning how to read music and all that stuff. So I just, I had that kind of grudge against that uh, for a while um, until I started like hanging out with friends. And the cool thing was like, let's be in a band. We all didn't know what that meant, but you know, like you pick an instrument. Um, and for, for me, it was bass. Um, but I don't think I even learned how to play bass. My one summer my friend left his drum set at my house for an entire summer and that was that was the end of it i was a drummer ever since then so oh wow like nirvana songs and um i learned a lot of music through just learning my favorite songs as like all my favorite bands incubus deftones mm -hmm. you know lincoln park whatever so did you i memorized a lot oh, okay did you play different uh, bands in high school or no? No, I mean, it was like I had I had like close friends where we stuck together musically. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had our like, oh, it'd be cool to, you know, for him. We were always looking for a singer and not until like my senior year in high school is where we actually like landed a singer. Um, but throughout high school, like we do like talent shows and um, most of it was just like after school, we'd go hang out and play music <laughs> that's cool so, it's interesting that you couldn't find a singer i i would think that like everybody's like oh i'm gonna be the front man like i always yeah. thought like the drummer was the hardest person to find like if you were the drummer you could play in any band 
for sure. <laughs> that's that's just funny that the singer was the guy uh, or whoever person that you couldn't really grasp uh, early on. But what uh, what about you, Diego? Did you play in bands or anything? Um, not a ton of bands besides friends in high school that you know we would get together and go to someone's garage or someone's house. There was a house that I grew up playing a lot of music in, and you know, fucking loudest like house <laughs> in the neighborhood just there you go hours at a time so i played a lot of music there but most of my music experience came from playing at churches um i grew up going to a very small hispanic like pentecostal church and uh-huh. you know where services are hours long and there really is no musical agenda you just kind of play as it goes and that's that's how i learned how to play with a band and how i got better so yeah, that's that, interesting. That's I've, I've heard that before. A lot of people that have talked about kind of getting that first experience playing in front of people or playing in a live setting at a, at church. And I mean, yeah. you have a, you already have a bunch of people there, right? I mean, you're you're playing yeah. in front of a crowd, no matter an what. Audience, yeah. yeah, you have an audience, and it's something that you do, you know, probably weekly, if not yeah. a couple times a week. Yeah, a couple. In this instance, it was a couple times a week. So definitely a lot of experience as as funny as it sounds but yeah it's that's most of where i gained a lot of experience at a young age too just because they the need was there and it was like he could play guitar and i was 14 15 playing with adults you know so yeah you're like well i gotta be here anyway <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like it's yeah. <laughs> so that that's more of my background with music that's cool did you guys go to the same high school or grow up together no. no. Oh. So when did you both meet each other? We did the math. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we uh, base it off how old Al was. My Fajan. youngest. <laughs> oh, you were yeah, my, you're younger? Oh, so um my my wife was pregnant with um our youngest child. His name's Ziggy, and it was like in 2015. So uh I do pro audio. Um as as another thing that i do uh-huh. uh, so i got hired to do kind of like this um it's like a bigger festival in in our town um and i was i was running the the youth stage and so i was responsible for audio production all that stuff well she ended up going to labor that weekend oh, so wow okay. i was pretty stressed out i was like looking for someone just to fill in my for my like responsibilities uh-huh. and uh a friend of ours he mentioned oh i know this guy diego he's great you should uh i think he'd be the perfect person to uh, run your show and so i remember meeting him on friday and the show was saturday and then ziggy was born on sunday so wow that's yeah. quite the eventful <laughs> weekend right yeah okay. So you've met that way, but then when do you realize that you should start working together or start writing music together? Took a while, maybe 2018, 2017. Right oh, so you knew each other for a while. Did you, did you stay friends or was it just like the one-time thing? And It kind of was a one-time thing that time. And we just kind of kept in contact. I do, I do production stuff too. I do audio. I'm a freelance audio engineer and cool. all that. So we, we knew of each other. And then the, I needed, I needed something. I needed like, uh, I needed to rent some gear from you for a gig that I had. So we kind of rekindled the the friendship maybe a year after that. 
and since then we we became good friends and you know we both are musicians and slowly at some point i was going through a lot of stress at work and just kind of needed an outlet and i hadn't been playing music you know in a real um intentional way in a, for a couple years so i started hitting up alistair and i was like yo alistair has a really nice rehearsal room and it, it isn't in a neighborhood it's kind of removed from from people so you can really make a lot of noise so <laughs> Um, not like, like the other house yeah not like the other house i grew up playing and so we we started getting together with really no agenda or anything we were just jamming just kind of getting to know each other musically and taste and stuff and that's kind of how we started making music so it it was really from a really organic just kind of bullshit way like there was no agenda when did it like was there did you start making a couple of songs together that you're like, Oh, this could be cool. Like, let's start a, a project. Or like, how did the, the, it, the, the group kind of form? I felt like, like it just, just kind of like, it just grew organically. And then, you know, uh, both of us, since we have like the way our minds work, like, Oh, let's, uh, let's try something. So we had a goal in mind. Let's, let's make a, let's make a live video um, of some sort. And Diego's proficient in all the video editing and and um so we we had a goal in mind and we produced two videos by ourselves and we put it out and we had you know a lot of support from friends and family um and then we kind of just let's just I've always been in, in a in a like like let's just keep going um with no agenda, but, um, I like, I like how this is where this is going and I'm, I'm down to keep making music as long as you are. And so, and now we're, here we are. <laughs> wow. And it, it started off like an instrumental project, right? Wasn't it mainly instrumental? Yeah, we, we, we're, we're signed as an instrumental. <laughs> is it all still instrumental? I thought you had songs. With, uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's songs with vocals and, and it's still very, you know very like washed out vocals where it's kind of ambient um i wouldn't say it's like for sure vocals but there are vocals and in, in i was gonna say the song i had i was listening to i listened to a few of them that had vocals so i'm like yeah yeah Shit, was i listening to the wrong band no no, no. <laughs> like, there's definitely vocals. Um, there's more vocals now than there were but i don't know i, I guess we are an instrumental band um a lot of the songs we still make are instrumental but there probably will be more vocals on on the rest of the stuff we do either of its collaborations or or you know me okay singing. was that always like the in the beginning was it like oh let's just make a bunch of cool like music instrumental like there wasn't a or it's it's just interesting to me like Alice, you're talking about couldn't find a singer and like this band yeah. kind of takes off as like an, an instrumental band and it didn't even need that element to it really at least in the beginning Right. yeah that's it's a good point yeah. i think yeah i think we were intentionally wanting it to be an instrumental band we the first songs we had were all instrumental and that's kind of what we labeled it as uh mm -hmm. moving forward and and when we signed to to the nail they they were like you're an instrumental band like we don't have anything like that so but they weren't close to us trying things and 
um, the first song we we had or I had lyrics to or an idea to just kind of came out of nowhere and we're like, let's just try it and 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 it worked. So we we had some good response from that from you know close friends and people who who we trust and they kind of pushed the you know you should try it you should try putting some more lyrics and melody to things because it's interesting mm -hmm. so. was that something like were you um like like you said it just kind of came to you the the lyrics did and you're like oh let's just put it down on, on, as a song or like tell me about writing it i guess we um at this point we had access to a, a cool cabin up in Wrightwood, California. And we had been there for about a week, just working on new material with some friends and just kind of helping us produce. And we had been working on the song kind of the whole day. And I felt like it was missing something. We we had gotten pretty far into it. And then I just started kind of humming a melody. And I think Alistair was just kind of like, Yeah, you should maybe try putting lyrics to it or, or i forget the exact scenario but i i started having an idea of of what you know what the song could mean and all that so i had an idea of of it being based around i don't know my dad's story coming to this to this country and uh kind of the embodiment of of what a immigrant parent is and all that so just kind of painted that picture in my own way and uh, wrote some really um, avant-garde like lyrics to it. Like they're kind of hard to figure out what they mean, but um, yeah, that's kind of how it came. Wow! And then you, just, you went for it, and obviously it worked. Yeah. Were, were you nervous to sing on the the, the track, or had you done that, or, or was singing something that kind of you already knew you could do? Um, not nervous, more maybe hesitant, just because we were an instrumental band, and it was just kind of like, bah, I don't know, I don't know if the label's going to care for it, or you know, just kind of doubting if if it was good. But sure. no, not not nervous or anything, just kind of curious about what what it could mean. Okay. And how did you guys get uh, hooked up with Tooth and Nail? I mean, that's a, a legendary label, I, especially growing, you know, growing up in my time period. It was just like a lot of bands were coming off of that label or getting signed to that label. Was that a label you were familiar with and you knew you wanted to sign to? And how did you form that relationship? I was familiar with the label. Uh, same, same with you growing up with bands. Uh, and I remember the first one of the first labels i actually learned about was tooth and nail from uh from a band called blindside oh yeah and i remember flipping over their cd and seeing the tooth and nail logo and wondering what that was about um but diego no, had, hadn't really heard of of the label right yeah i i mean maybe it rang a bell but i wasn't too familiar with um that era was maybe too i was too young for it maybe um so yeah I, I wasn't too aware but when they the reason why we got hooked up with them was i i had been doing a gig an audio gig for a while at a church with um i, I forget what his title there at the time was he he was like i guess the music director or something like that uh -huh. um, i had kind of got close to him 
And I didn't know that he was an A&R for Tooth and Nail. Oh, and wow. Somehow, yeah, somehow he found out that I made music. I think in a conversation, we we like had a a moment where we shared like similar artists. I, I don't know if you're familiar with, with the in, instrumental world, but there's an artist called Tycho. And he's kind of poster child for, for that genre. Uh-huh. And we bonded over that. And then just kind of conversation to conversation, he 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 mentioned he had seen some of the music that I've made. And he was like, would you be interested if I shared this with some of my friends and some of my work people um, just to see if 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 they're interested in maybe, you know, giving you a deal for for this thing. And he mentioned the label and I was like, yeah, it could be cool. So a couple of weeks later, he reached back out and he was like, hey, he, I have a, a deal memo. I want you to check out and see if you're interested. So he shot it over to me and I called Alistair. I was like, hey, there's this label called Tooth and Nail that wants to sign us. And here's the here's the memo. What do you, what do you think? So what, when you get that, I mean, that's huge. I mean, Brandon Ebel and everything that Tooth and Nail has done over the years is like legendary, right? Um to get that call, Alistair, tell me about that. Like, oh, yeah, I know about this label. Like, what? Yeah, like, yeah. Did you even know that was happening kind of behind the scenes? Uh, I mean, I remember him talking about, like, uh, his friend Brian and... Um, well, real quick. interested in is, the is, what's What's the guy's name? The A&R, you know. Is it uh, Brian Ortiz? Yeah. Please tell me it is. That's yeah, so yes. funny. He's my neighbor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I got to tell him. Okay, sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> his kids and my 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 kids are all like really good friends. My younger son and his younger son are like best friends. Like we're on the same. They skate a lot team. too, probably. Oh, the, his middle one does, and the little yeah, uh, uh, a little one. bit. Yeah, they. But yeah, his younger his youngest son and my son are the same age, same class. They're on the same baseball team, and that's uh, funny that when he said Brian, I'm like, and I was wondering if it was going to be him, but he works more on the, the BC side of things. Yeah, so I didn't know. Okay. Go, sorry. Go ahead. That's so good. I got to call him after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Diego mentioned it and in my experience with the whole music thing, cause like, you know, I'm past 30 at this point, almost ready to throw in the towel. Like, uh, okay, I'm not going to live this dream of, of, uh, being a, a musician or being a part of an original band, but it's almost like too good to be true in a way. And mm-hmm. um, so when the, when the contract or the, you know, whatever they gave us, I read through it and called a couple friends. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of surreal. So we went for it. Um, had a, I had a friend that was in law school and kind of looked over and he said, everything seemed pretty legit. So that's, that's kind of where we went with, with it. That's amazing. That's really cool. And then you guys just put a record out like what, two weeks ago or something. Yeah. The 14th, uh, 13th. Yeah. So when did that album start coming or that, when did that EP start kind of coming together? Uh, last year, actually, right, right around maybe a few weeks, it, it started around the time we released it. So, you know, early January of 2022. Oh, uh, and then it just came out. And then it released that 
almost like a year after. year after okay yeah. so yeah we started working yeah pretty early on i i had demos that we had been toying with and then we we wanted to maybe work with a producer or someone outside of us for for this one so we um we started a friendship and relationship with um, a big hero of mine uh, his name is Roy Mitchell Cardenas he played in a band called Mute Math for oh yeah i know that years. band yeah so started a friendship with him and we started toying with the idea of him coming out and help us kind of just get these songs off the ground and and it worked out he came out and you know stayed we worked in this room for I don't know, like half a week, a little over half a week. And he really helped us take some of the demos and really just kind of push them to like, uh, you know, a better place. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And then it took, it took us a while just because of work schedules and just life happening. It took us a while to finish it, uh, in my opinion, but it, it was a cool experience. We, I had I had a lot of fun with it. With, yeah. with sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Alistair. Oh, I was just gonna mention like it was cool that the label was kind of they let us do our thing when when we first signed the contract. It was, you know, it was 10 songs and they let us put out five first, and then this is the remaining five of of the contract. So we put out we had an EP called No Rush No uh No Rush No Curfew. Mm-hmm. And um that's that was the where we worked in Wrightwood and furthered a lot of those songs. And so when that came out, it was like, okay, cool. We got, we got this five songs out, but Brian was like on us. He's like, okay, let's get these other five songs going. So, <laughs> so that was uh, when we last January, when, when Roy came out. Wow. So the first one you did no rush near curfew was just the two of you. You produced the whole thing yourselves. Uh, and some friends. We okay. we have a friend of ours, Mario Gonzalez. He's basically he plays bass with us live, and he was there. And then another friend of ours, uh, Josh Valle, um, he's producer, guitarist. He helped us with a few things. Um, but yeah, most of it was was us. We we spent a lot of time on our own work working mm-hmm. on that. And then getting a producer, especially someone you looked up to, uh, for the next go around how, how much different was that working on the this newest one um i think it was similar i think roy was uh careful to not 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 disturb but just kind of he was i think observant of the way we worked mm-hmm. um and he was trying to see where he can fit it wasn't like a a full-on producer role where he's like we're going we're going to do it this way and this is the way i know it works um so he felt kind of just like in addition to what we were doing. And again, we, we, you know, we didn't have months together. So it was really quick. Um, let's try to get as much as we can right now. Mm-hmm. Since you're only here for half a week. So it, it was cool. I, I think it was just like a very collaborative environment where, you know, we would bounce ideas off each other and just kind of go with the flow and, and then just kind of, uh, building chunks at a time so we got this now now roy's gone let's get it to the next place and you know sending him bounces of like oh what do you think about this what are your thoughts on this and then in the summer 
I went to Nashville to kind of just hang out, just meet some people and then see Roy and kind of, we were supposed to work on other things, um, just other projects that he has going. And, and I, we were already so close with finishing this, this EP that it was like, let's, let's just, uh, let's hear if you hear anything that sticks out to you and maybe change a few things or add a few things that it may be missing. So we added a lot of bass stuff and just sprinkles here and there that made some differences. And I came back and it was kind of like mix mix mode at that point. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. you did come, you came out here to kind of wrap it up. That's awesome. Sort of. Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, sometime in like, it was, I remember it was hot. It was hot and yeah. humid. <clears throat> so probably the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember when. I don't know if it was in August or June, July, maybe. But yeah, it was it was hot. Roy lives in the area of uh, shoot. It's like north of central Nashville. Oh, okay, like, Madison maybe or something. I don't know. Something like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was Brian funny. and I live way down south of Nashville. That's right. Because I I saw Brian on that trip. We he took me to. Um, I remember I had breakfast with Brian, and then I had lunch with another friend of ours. His name is Clay Hunt. Um, and then I think I had dinner with someone else, all at the same restaurant the same day. <laughs> it, it, it the waiters like, and waiters like what the hell this guy really <laughs> loves this spot yeah. he's bringing three people here today <laughs> it was like pinewood something pinewood social or oh yeah yeah, yeah. okay something like that, that place yeah 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 so i went there three, three times, times day. yeah well hopefully you liked it <laughs> yeah it was cool it was nice big place and i remember there was um there was construction happening there and every like hour or so, there was like this huge sonic boom, and people <laughs> would be like freaked out of their minds. Like people would jump out of their seats, and I think they were doing like some dynamite, like explosions or something. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, are you guys uh, gonna do like a tour or anything to support? I did see you did an album release or a record release. Are you planning to come in? bring this thing around the, the country or anything or not as of now there's okay. there's no there's no plans um we would we would like to um but touring is also a conversation we've had you know we both have jobs and alistair has kids kids yeah um so the idea of touring and just getting in a you know in a, in a van and kind of doing it like we were in our 20s is getting yeah. harder it's and a bit harder. more difficult when you start getting in your 30s huh? yeah and, yeah. and you know I, I think the honest response to it is i think we're wanting to do things that make sense which sounds kind of pretentious but yeah it has to make sense for us to you know put some things into question and jeopardize certain things just because we have really good setups work-wise and sure yeah that no, makes a lot of sense yeah leaving family is also hard so uh-huh. As of now, no, no, nothing on the books. We we vaguely talked about maybe doing a show in in Nashville with some friends of ours that did uh, a show with us for this release party. Oh, cool! Um, that's with uh, with Roy again, and then the drummer that was part of Meat Math, Darren King. Um, they have a project that is probably gonna 
start doing some things real soon. They they kind of debuted it at this release party. Um, oh wow! As an, as an instrumental project too. So oh cool. Um, I don't know. We had we have we had a uh, small conversations and small winks of maybe we do some stuff together. Mm-hmm. But that's just wishful thinking. We'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> Sure. Well, I appreciate you both doing this. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out today. Yeah. Yeah. Pleasure. I, I do have one more quick question for the both of you. I want to know if, if I can get an answer from each of you as well. If you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, you want to go first? Or? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'll just. It's it's, uh, you know, you, you get in what you put in. So, you know, work pays off you, you got to be consistent and um you know from i'm 36 and it took a long time to to get here and, and it wasn't like it just happened so i don't know just keep working love it but you uh, i would say just make sure that you like i think i think that's number one um it's cool to follow trends and what what, what's hot and what what's relevant and stuff but i think it's important to always make stuff that you like and that you're proud of and yeah just work at it because it it it, at some point if you do have goals i think they start paying off if, if if you if you put in the work so 